0: The, the norm was that transcription companies would look to replace their human transcription team because the human component of anything is typically some of the more expensive parts of that, of that process. We looked at it differently. We looked at it like, how can we keep the human component and add technology to make them better?
1: This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. Corey Westfall, mobile assistant. How you doing, my friend? So happy to have you here. Hey Matt, great to be
0: here. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, man. It's uh, as we were talking about before we recorded. I mean, I've been following what y'all have been doing at Mobile Assistant and the growth and the evolvement and you know the concept of just the focus of of making note taking easier and more simpler for advisors. I think it's just such a an awesome journey that I'm stoked to talk about and to also talk about kind of the evolution of how technology is impacting you from when you started it. You know, when you're 10 years old, 27, I'm kidding, but you've been doing it for 27 (laughs) years. Uh, So I'm really just stoked. And I've been following you as, as a thought leader as well in the industry. So I'm just really honored to have you here. Before we get going, though, I always like to know about the journey and you're running mobile assistant. You're doing dictation for notes for financial advisors. What did the 13-year-old Corey Westfall want to do? Was this like from the age of 13, you're like, you know what? I I can't wait to do dictation for financial advisors. What did the 13-year-old Corey Westfall want to do?
0: Well, I wish I was 13, but I was right out of college. And so when I first graduated out of school in Northern Illinois, my goal was to do something with my dad as far as a business goes. Um, My father was a court reporter, so a court reporter for over 30 years you know, imagine the stenographer in the in the courtroom effortlessly taking down in shorthand everything that's being talked about in that courtroom. Well, that's what he did for so many years. And, and what we came up with was the idea of utilizing court reporters to actually perform medical transcription for doctors. And so it was, a, it was a new concept. It was something that hadn't been done yet. And so we took that idea and we ran with it. And and that was the start. Uh, that was the very beginning. We grew that company over the years uh, in just the medical transcription industry to over 150 employees. We had clients all over the country. And eventually we got to the point where it became obvious that utilizing court reporters for dictation, even though it was, it was very fast. Uh, a lot of times there could be mistakes that would not be just individual words or misspellings or of, of, Characters that were misspelled, it would be phrases that would be wrong. So what we did is we really took that concept to get to help get ourselves started in the industry. But then we evolved over the years to the point where we're utilizing transcriptionists and then learning and trying to come up with new ways of introducing technology to help the transcriptionists that are that are straight typing to make them more productive and faster. But but that human component, that's what's always been the foundation of of our of our firm.
1: What what spurred you from going from the medical field? Which, by the way, you know that hits home with me because that's what you know when I was growing up. That's what my mom was. She was a transcriptionist for a doctor here in, in Atlanta oh, wow. or a couple of doctors. I and didn't so, know that. Um, wow. Yeah, you 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 may have put her out of a job, but you, I don't think you did. I think it was us being kids uh, put her out of the job because it was too much. But what made you move from medical field into the advisory world, into the financial services world and, and realm? Like, how did that? What 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 did you see as the opportunity and, and and also the similarity of the problem that was being solved in both industries?
0: Yeah, what a, so it's a great question. So let's go back 12 years, all right? So 12 years ago, our medical transcription company was still, was still going strong. We hadn't even thought about providing our service for other industries. But what we were finding is electronic record systems like the epics of the world were starting yeah. to impact our business in a way that... Hospitals would implement those types of technologies, electronic record systems, and they were basically replacing transcription departments and transcription services like ours with templated notes the doctors were then using instead of dictation. And so we had enough clients of ours that we lost to that technology that I saw the writing on the wall. I knew that we needed to evolve as a company and look at getting into some different verticals. Or it was going to be really tough for us to compete with that type of technology that was basically helping to replace the human component of the transcription job, right? Similar to what your mom was doing. And so where, where did it evolved was really great because I literally was on the golf course and I was talking to, I had a couple of friends of mine I was with and one of them looked at me and just said, Hey, you know, We're advisors. Like we need your help as much as you need as doctors need your help. And you know, notes are so important to us and we can't find any services that can do it accurately. And it really was that conversation that spurred me to go back and then look to see, well, is this is something that's that's a need for financial advisors? Is it being utilized as dictation even on the radar for advisors. And you know, 12 years ago, it was a pretty new concept, but the, the concept it was very much the same, which is doctors utilize dictation to help make them more efficient and to help accurately document their patient interactions, right? Because their time is money and they need to make sure everything's done in an accurate way. And so that's why not just voice-to-text software was good enough. And so looking at financial advisors and what their needs are and still are today, It's how do I document the client interactions I have in an easy, efficient way and do it accurately so that data I know is going to be correct when it gets put into our CRM systems. And so, That's what started the concept of moving into the financial industry 12 years ago. And then, you know, just two years into that, into starting mobile assistant and introducing us to that, to this industry now, that's been so great to us. We had the opportunity to sell the medical transcription portion of our company and just the contracts, not our platform. So we were able to sell, you know, the medical side of of our business and just continue growing. My dad was able to retire. Now he makes, he makes bourbon in Iowa and just, he's having a great time. But it allowed me to take what my passion was, which was providing high level dictation services to an industry that didn't have any idea what kind of a benefit it could really have for them. And so it's been such a fun last 10 years of, of helping to tell the story and, and having advisors learn the value and the opportunity that our service can help them with.
1: I love that story, and I think that people people will dog on all the advisors that are out playing golf. But there's a lot of great stuff that gets out that gets done on a golf course, other than just you know playing golf itself. And you know, and I can resonate with like the father son dynamic, where father you know father and sons firm. And but but I think one of the questions I'm curious on is is the evolution that you've seen. I mean, technology has ramped up so quickly uh, over the past ten to twelve years, and our industry is also. Somewhat unique in that space. I, I'm curious on let's take the industry first and then we'll take the technology side of this question. Is that what has been the major challenge or differentiation of of serving transcription services to advisors that you that's unique to advisors relative to doctors? I mean, they're both regulated. I get that, but you know, I think that the needs of what the advisor wants to extract from the notes seems to be a little bit more so because then there's so many more people that have to touch it and take action, whereas the doctors was just kind of you know transcribing for the next time. What has been some of those challenges that you all have over, had overcome and delivered to create efficiency and value?
0: So here's the one word I would that I would say is the biggest difference between that the medical industry and the financial the financial industry and advisors specifically is familiarity. So doctors Mm -hmm. from the time that they're in college and they're in medical school are taught how to dictate. Okay. And so one of the things that it was very much a learning curve for me is when I transitioned to this new industry with our, with this company is that I just assumed that dictation was so simple for people that it was such an easy to learn technology. You hit, you hit the record button and you speak your notes. I mean, how much simpler can it be? Right? Well, what I, what I failed to understand was that for an industry where dictation is a new tool and a new technology to be introduced, it's not as easy as just speaking your notes and just keeping yourself on track and remembering everything. It's actually a learned type of of tool and a learned habit that advisors needed to be brought into and, and needed to learn. And so because of that, it drove what our technology innovations have been, especially over the last like four or five years. And the biggest one was the introduction of dictation templates. And so mm-hmm. what, I, what we wanted to do is we wanted to be able to provide dictation in a way to advisors to say, hey, we get it. We understand that maybe dictation isn't second nature to you. Maybe speaking your notes and keeping yourself on track is maybe it's a little difficult for some, some of these advisors. And so what we did is we created dictation templates that are built into our Talkit mobile app that gives the advisors a guide now. And so that guide can be created for every type of meeting that an advisor has. So like a phone call, a client review, an annual review, you name it, any type of meeting that they have that's a client facing meeting that they're going to interact with. Now they, instead of just hitting a record button and trying to remember everything and doing it themselves, they hit the template, they they press the template, it brings it up and has a list of questions that they say the question, they scroll through it and they answer it. So they say the question, answer it. And they can have as many of these questions as they want for as many templates as they want. And what it did is, in my opinion, it it revolutionized the way that advisors are able to take a technology they know can help them, but actually the technology has built into it now something that will get them to adopt it without trying to like trying to all figure it all out on their own. So that was the biggest right. difference. Yeah.
1: The idea of like, where to start, like, how do you start just talking into your phone, right? you just like, well, I had like, it, it, there is a skill there. And I, I never even thought about that, that the, the doctors are trained on it. But I think that now, like shifting to the technology side, I'm curious on the technology evolution, We're, we'll get to AI in a second, but I don't want to get there yet, the, the headline of AI. But You you think about, you know, when you first started in the financial services, it was fine just to be a standalone application. But now, given the open architecture of the industry and the need to be in the desire for advisors to be in like one area, how has that challenged you? And how have you overcome that to think about the product and how it's used and and the the consumer in a different way than maybe you did 12, 13 years ago?
0: Well, one of the biggest shifts that we've had as a company over the last couple years has been, instead of focusing on the individual advisor and those individual client interactions, is to instead expand the scope of what we do as a company where we're utilized as a process and workflow replication tool. So that's kind of a fancy way of saying that we are trying to provide advisors now and their teams and their internal teams with a way of communicating and efficiency, efficiently like getting all of those action items done from those client interactions. So that it's not just about speaking your notes and having that information transcribed and put it in to the record as a compliance tool. Like that's one of the reasons for our service. but. The bigger reason is really is that the team oriented effect of what we're trying to accomplish, which is helping teams to communicate better, helping to replicate those processes that are so difficult for advisor teams. Uh, It's one of the biggest, one of the biggest challenges that I think that advisors have that are working in organizations that are growing is that as they grow, they're bringing on new advisors. Well, they don't have the same process. And so trying to adopt the process for these, these teams is really difficult sometimes. So if we can provide even a small piece of that where we can replicate and give the advisors now the ability to have in an, these teams the ability to have a dictation template tool that is replicatable because now they can manage it on an enterprise level through what's called our uh, assistant template manager. So they can create templates that are pushed out to the team. Now everybody's on the same page and everybody can follow the same structure for all that data that's getting collected as they're having those client interactions.
1: How has, you know, you mentioned earlier that it's like very, I love talking about this type of technology. And I mean, you talk about how you're very human centric, like you still want the human transcription involved. How has, you know, 27 years ago, we didn't have the iPhone. Right. So you didn't have that. So now you do you now you have the easier ability to transport these voice recordings, et cetera. How has the business model changed? Do you still have as many transcription people as you would have had? Are you, you know, is the process internally uniquely different than what it was twenty-seven years ago? I I'm just curious because if you've been able to see through multiple kind of technological shifts in this world.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a great question because when it comes to voice technology, that's one of the first questions that I get asked by a lot of people is like, "Oh my gosh, you're going to be out of business in a year because the voice technology is getting so good." Well, that same conversation I had that same conversation 20 years ago because 20 years ago, voice to text technology was all the rage as well, you know, Dragon Dictation's been around a long time. And what I what I really have have proven out i guess with this with all the all the industries that we've been in is that the human touch that has to be applied to to make these notes 99.6% accurate there's no there's no elimination of that and so because of that just a couple of years ago we implemented some voice to text technology on the front end of our platform that has helped take our transcriptionists that are we're producing x number of dictations a day that they were able to transcribe and they're doing twice that now and so what Mm. we have, have looked at is we've looked at a very different way of looking at what technology means for our industry when it comes to transcription in that the the norm was that transcription companies would look to replace their human transcription team because you know it's expensive it's the human component of anything is typically some of the more expensive parts of that of that process We looked at it differently. We looked at it like, how can we keep the human component and add technology to make them better? And Mm. that's been a huge, a huge adjustment for us that has made an an amazing impact because it's, it's made us scalable. Because as we've grown over these last few years with all these innovations with the technology, well, we had to be able to support producing the amount of dictation as well. And so introducing at the same time in the background, the technology that'll help our team To keep up with that increased volume has been essential that we've done both at the same time. And so I only see that getting better and more efficient on our side because as the technology gets better, our transcription team is able to just keep ramping up the amount of of dictation that they can do.
1: It's something that I think that the advisory world can learn from. I think that the idea that how technology empowers and allows humans to do more, not to replace them, right? I think that there's something there. And I, I think that that's a fear of the industry as the evolution of technology, especially AI, et cetera, comes is like, well, what are, what's our role? But it's a matter of using, you're an amazing example and your team of using the advancement technology to empower individual human beings to do more than they previously could, and then you create efficiency and value out of that. I always ask this. I mean, we we built some technology inside the wealth tech industry, and I, I'm I stay in wealth management. I know that I'm a unique individual. I you know we all think differently in this space. You know, what's been the biggest challenge of growing a technology firm in an industry that's been so avoidance of technology from that standpoint and. As you think about talking to other wealth tech companies or fintech companies that are trying to serve advisors, because I think there's so many out there that advisors can value, but there's like this hesitancy of the industry to adopt. What would you tell them would be you know some keys to success of attracting and maintaining and growing within this industry?
0: Well, I'll tell you personally what's been the difference maker for us, which I think is very will be very relatable for advisors that, are, that as they're looking to grow their tech stack is that we couldn't do it alone as a standalone technology. We had to partner with the CRM companies that now are our biggest and most successful sources of of new advisors using us, because in order for a CRM to be really beneficial for advisors, that data has to get into the CRM. If, If no data is put in, and no client interaction information is put into the CRM, the CRM is worthless but mm. if there's a marriage between how do i easily get the information into the CRM utilizing a service like ours like mobile assistant that has an integration that's built into it because technology company like redtail and orion who have partnered with us, right? Because it's a symbiotic relationship. We want them. We want the, our advisors to be using the Redtail CRM because it makes them a better client for us. Because I tell you what, we become even more valuable in their process, right? Same thing with Redtail and Orion is kind of. I have to say I'm in the same in the same breath now, uh, but kind of similar with them, right? Is they're looking for. They want advisors to utilize that CRM in the in the most efficient way possible and get the data in. So if they can provide an easy way to do that by saying, Hey, mobile assistant, they'll, you can just speak your notes and they show up right into the client notes. Like that's where that relationship has been so important. So, you know, that was the very first meeting that I had when I first went to the very first event, 12 years ago in this financial industry, I saw the red tail exhibit booth. And I, the first thing I did was go up and be like, what are you guys doing? You know, like, what is that technology doing? As soon as they explained what a CRM means to an advisor, I'm like, we're in we have to partner with this company because that's where the meeting notes have to have to live right and so for advisors when we i i really recommend that advisors always look at what technology is working together because it's one thing to have this shiny tool here and this shiny tool there and you can get overwhelmed so quickly as an advisor where you have a tech stack that and everything Nothing talks to each other. I think it's becoming more and more apparent now that the, like, going, looking at companies that have taken the time to partner with technology that will all help the advisor in one place. That's where the advisor can really benefit is not just picking off-the-shelf technologies. Look at look at the ones that are working together, and it's not hard. Like all you have to do is talk to the technology firms to see who are you partnering with. Like what technology do you also incorporate that that is going to make my life easier? And I think that's an important lesson to learn: is lean on the companies that are out there that are that are working together, like like the Red Tails of the world, because it's going to help.
1: And I, and I think that there's something there as well. It's also kind of a theme in the industry of integration, right? In depth of integration. And there's there's people that say they're integrated, but then it just becomes single sign on. There's people that say that they're, you know, they're integrated, and they truly are like deeply integrated, like y'all are with the CRMs. Like, that is the key. And, and I think that it's also a, a piece of advice, something that we learned in our journey, as well is is all around that. For a new wealth tech company, is find the core technology that advisors are already using and get into those because that's going to be the highest rate of adoption because it's hard for people to change, especially in this industry. And so I think that you, you are a leader in that from that standpoint. I want to I want to talk about one more thing on the note side, and then I want to talk about your journey on leadership. And we have to talk about AI and the impact and what it means to you all. I, I just just a disservice not to note taking. I'm just curious, like as a curious person, you know, you all have dictated probably hundreds of thousands of notes for advisors. What makes a good quality note? Like, what if I what are advisors doing that make quality notes, and what are advisors doing that make not quality notes? And like, what's the formula for good quality notes that can be actionable or taken action on afterwards? I, I what is that that key?
0: Well, this is like a softball question for me because, you know, because we're talking about what did dictation look like 10 years ago and what does it look like today and what would I consider the best in class of both? And 10 years ago, it was a paragraph of information, right? It was you you called a dictation hotline. There wasn't even a a mobile app. You know, you just you you pick up a phone, it beeps at you and then you speak for 10 minutes, right? The notes come back and they're, it's great, they're accurate because they're transcribed by human beings and like if you're using our service, right, and it comes back, but it's a paragraph of information. So then that information needs to be disseminated and digested by the organization, right, and try to pull out the important pieces and what's important, what are the action items, like what is what does the assistant need to do, What like what's the next scheduling that has to be done from that meeting note. Well, now what what we're seeing is the dictation-templated format that we're providing advisors, these notes come back and they're in a structured, replicatable format that all the information is parsed out in a way that, I tell you what, when that assistant sees that note, they know, oh, there's a section for action items. There it is. Okay, I'm going to take that. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to do something with it. I think that that, is especially, I know we're going to be talking about AI soon, but I think that is what our journey over these years has led us up to this point, which is the data and the structure and the accuracy of the data has never be- been more important than it is today. And that's the biggest difference, in my opinion, between what a what good meeting notes look like now compared to years ago. It's the structure and the accuracy of them that is, is completely different and makes it so much more efficient for the advisors and their teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the ability to act on that type of thing, if it's structured, you can send pieces of those notes to certain people. And and now you're kind of it's an easier format to start acting on and doing it quicker, which is better service for the client, which is what we're all striving for. Before we we're going to take a kind of a a back road and then we're going to get back on on the regular road here. But I'm just curious. I mean, you have been a successful entrepreneur and I think that a lot of advisors that listen to this and a lot of advisors in general are entrepreneurs at heart. You've been doing this for 27 years. You've been through multiple generation shifts of, t- of technology. You've been through multiple generations just in the life of the business. What are those two or three big key points that you've learned up till now about building a business and sustaining it for a long period of time, especially in technology? I, that's just such an impressive feat. So I'm curious of what are some of those like key lessons you've learned in this entrepreneur journey of just building a business in general?
0: Well, that's such, that's such a great question, and I appreciate you asking me like it's something personally that I'm responsible for, but I tell you what, I'm not. It's, it's 100% the people that you surround yourself with. that I What I have done, a, I think, a very good job of over the years was to identify the key people that can make a difference and then get out, get out of their way. Make, make sure that they've got all the support that they need from you and your, and the organization, and then let them do their thing and empower them to take on more and be, be able to really make a difference in the company. And so, you know, my, I, I've got to give, I can't talk about this without giving a shout out to my wife, uh, Stephanie Westfall is our COO. And she came on and started working with me personally about seven years ago. And what she did is she brought, she was in a large insurance, the large insurance world. And she brought kind of, I guess, no no easier way to say it than just to like the, a little corporate atmosphere when it came to structure, though, that it changed everything for our company because we now have a structure where we have different departments that all meet together that have, we have one-on-ones and we have this communication now within our organization that we didn't have before she joined us. And I think those are the two really big points to to just talk to advisors about is that get good people around you and then let them do their thing. Give them their the resources they need but get out of their way. That's the the biggest one and then the second one is that communication aspect of it is that it's one thing to have good people but if they're if not if they're all operating in silos within your organization I tell you you lose so much efficiency and you lose so much so much growth potential, because when you get everyone together, like that's one of the best things that we did is, is we have um, a standing meeting for all of our, our management team without me. doesn't involve me. They get together and they talk about issues that they're facing. They talk about the problems that they, uh, that they have, and they talk about solutions within the group. And then they come back and they have a, they have a meeting all together with me. And they talk about those things. And they talk about the solutions that they've come up with. And that was, you know, I know that sounds like it sounds like an easy thing, but as an entrepreneur and as a as a CEO, which a lot of the advisors would, would I would definitely say they're the CEO of their firm, right? It's really hard to get to take yourself out of it and say, I'm gonna trust this team that I've got supporting this organization. I'm gonna let them come up with the solutions. Instead of you like as the leader of the firm saying, Well, of I can help. Like I know, I know what would be a good solution. We've come up with so many more unique and incredible ideas and problem solving that I know that probably wouldn't have happened if I was in the mix. Letting people talk it through and letting, letting your leadership team come up with solutions is a great way to take your company to the next level.
1: So there's so much there that's so valuable. I think about like the trust, right? Get out of the way, get good people and get out of the way. I think advisors that build their advisory practice tend to want to hold on to all aspects of it for so long, right? And I think that the the idea of businessization and uh, and operationalizing a business is so difficult for advisors because we're sales oriented. Like that's how we grew it. We did it well and it's hard to let go. But that is a key, I think, of getting out of the way. And it's also the concept that's really that I've, I've resonated with is kind of this author versus editor, right? When, when the CEO founders in the room, their people are going to just do whatever you say. And, and, the, and the ability of creativity is diminished and it's your idea and that's it and the, what you've instilled is this author versus editor where you're the editor now and your team is authoring it up, which then creates better ownership of them to go in. And and, and it also creates unique ideas that you never thought of. And that is such valuable advice. I love that. And uh, kudos to your wife for kind of bringing that in and for you to have the, e- you know, having, you know, the minimal ego to step out of the way and be like, yeah, I'm okay with that. That is that that's credit that that anybody can learn from from there. Now, before we shift out and let you get back to kind of Making the impact that you are, I got to talk about AI. How, you know, let's just throw up the softball, the the traditional question like, how is AI impacting your business today for the positive? And then, on top of that, or in that same realm, what do you say to those people that say that AI is going to make you obsolete, which I don't believe, but what do you say to them? Yeah.
0: Well, what I've found is that as Everyone in this in this industry has been focused on this the, this latest technology that can absolutely have uh, great benefits to uh, to the advisors to organizations. It, it brought to light the what I thought was really interesting is that people started to look at it and now they're looking at it like it's not just the technology that's important; it's the data, and it's the accuracy of the data. Because one of the things that I think early on, everyone started jumping into like the chat GPT and they, and all of a sudden they've got all of this, all of these different tasks that it's doing, but they, all of a sudden they, they had to pump the brakes because there was a lot that was getting created that wasn't correct. Right. It wasn't true. Well, Reason because it's not pointed at data that you're that you know is accurate, that you verify is the source of truth. Early mm-hmm. on, I remember I remember messing around with Chat GPT and I would ask it something. Well, it made sense that it came back and half of it was incorrect. It was like pulling out this information out of the ether that it doesn't know if it's true or not. It's just pulling it. It's because it's out there. It was written by someone it doesn't necessarily mean it was true, right? And so where we're finding as a company that we have a seat at the table that is so important is because we're one of the few companies out there that actually creates data that's not only accurate, it's 99.6% accurate that is actually reviewed and done and corrected by humans. And I think that that human component is is going to be even more important as Enterprises look to adopt technology like these different AI tools to do certain functionality, like kick off workflows, like create process. If the data is accurate and they know and they can they can count on that, then that then there's no then there's no limit to the possibilities of what that type of technology can do for a firm. And so that's where we fit in because that's the data that is so that's become at the forefront that's so important and so and so yes for us it it became really evident that our place at the table is is that it's the it's the company that produces the data that is accurate so that those AI tools can function and do some do some amazing things
1: I think that that mentality is so key, right? Is that it's it's making sure the accuracy is there, and then working in tandem with AI as opposed to like looking at it. It's not this like a combative force, like we're better than AI, and it's not it's not that, right? So many people are coming and be like, humans are better than AI. It's like no, we're coming at it. We're going to say we're going to instill so you can use AI and make and trust the the responses. We're going to be the kind of the the data cleanser for you, which I think is such a the better approach. And I'm sure it's probably helping your transcribers and, and going from that efficiency number right continue to make them more efficient to transcribe more more data or more more conversations more quickly so I, I think that that's really really cool on, on that side before I let you go I've got to ask my two kind of questions that I, I ask everybody before they leave and I'm a constant curious learner and I like to learn from people that are much smarter than me and more successful and you're in that realm and so I I, I ask you know, what is one of those books that we all should read that you think that whether you've read it or you haven't read it, you need to reread it or read it first time again?
0: Well, that's a great question. So when, when I thought about this, because like in all honesty, like it, it was given to me beforehand that, hey, there might be a book reference that, that you'd be looking for. So my sister, my sister is an author. Um, she gave up a, a really lucrative job in the attorney field. She was a lawyer. And she struggled for years and got published, and, and now she has multiple books that are published. And uh, so the name of her book is Goodwill, and you could get it on Amazon. Uh, if you type in Goodwill Tiffany, you'll see it. Her name is Tiffany Kaloran. Really proud of her. Writing is definitely a skill that is not an easy road. Like, you know, hearing all the struggles that she had to, to come up and, with these different stories and then actually get published is it's pretty remarkable.
1: I love that. Did she use mobile assistant to transcribe her thoughts as she was writing the book? <laughs> she, uh,
0: she, she actually has used this over the years uh, from time to time. And, and yes, it's nice. The, the little stream of thought that she can every once in a while just, just speak uh, what's on her mind. Um, I'm happy to provide it to her.
1: I love that Now I, I'm going a little bit off my my traditional way here because I, I have a question because I see it in the background and I, I know that I know your company by your logo and I, I believe it's an elephant and so I'm curious of of why an elephant when it comes yeah. to transcription elephants seem very slow and but uh, transcription and how y'all do it seem very fast. so tell me tell me more yeah. about this uh, the logo.
0: Yeah, well, so this logo in particular is our new brand we just released in March this year. For those previous 12 years, we had an elephant that was her, the name of the elephant was Ellie and it became really near and dear to all our hearts. We loved the logo, we loved the look of it and the original the origi- origination of that was that when I when I first started mobile assistant, I'm like it needs to be a thing i want i want our company to be associated with something and not have it be like a phone right and so what i thought about is like what are the what are the successful companies out there using well they're using you know geckos and like like you know, like animals right so i was like what what animal comes to mind when you think about dictation and i tell you what the elephant never forgets right and so that was a big one um uh, other We've had a lot of fun with the tour, you know, the elephant became the compliance officer in the room that you got to get that out. You got to get the elephant off your back, get the notes done. So we've had a lot of fun with it over the years. You know, shout, shout out to, to Johnny Sandquist in the Three Crowns uh, marketing team. They're actually the ones that took on the rebrand for us. And it wasn't easy. It was and he would tell you'd be the first to tell you this. This new elephant looks very different than our, our old one. But the idea was. You know, we're an enterprise solution now, and it's time to grow up a little bit the way that our brand looks and feels. But I'm like, I don't care what we do with, the way, with our image and our brand, what it looks like, but we can't lose the elephant. And so I think mission
1: accomplished. I love that. That's amazing. But in speaking of Three Crowns, I think you were on one of their podcasts as I was doing some research. And, you, and so this, I have to ask this question now because you talk about growing up, but then y'all did a Star Wars themed advertisement. Tell me more about <laughs> that. I guess that is, gro- I guess Star Wars is grown up. I guess there is there, but tell me more about the Star Wars theme ad, ad series that you did, Campaign.
0: Love this, love this. Okay, so this is, this is a good example of how you do grow up as a company because I've been, with, I hired Three Crowns. To help us with our marketing about six months ago. Right before that, I decided to go to a, a solution called Fiverr. It's online. It's yeah. you can you can basically hire kind of hired guns uh, from the marketing side to be able to create content for you. And so I'm like, I was trying to think of what would be a fun way to kind of announce these new innovations we had with the templates and with ATM, and and I'm like. How about a Star Wars theme? I don't know. I was just trying to come up with something interesting. So that's I gave this person this idea. They came back with these with the replication of lightsabers and the, It was fantastic. it was it was really more it was more fun than anything, but my my what my point was is that's what happens when you have a non- marketing professional like myself <laughs> that decides to take on the marketing for the innovation rebrands that we have. and uh, and so now, You might notice it looks a little more professional now.
1: I can appreciate that. You know, I laugh because I think back to like a lot of this, the, the, stupid stuff that we did marketing wise to try to gain attention I think about you know we always say that you know there's a joke around the office when we were as we were growing up was like you're more than a hat rack like I'm more than just a hat rack like this mine has like and so we we did a video series that we wanted to be like pardon my interruption like ESPN with like a, a talking list of topics and like a, a bar on the bottom I don't know if you watch pardon my interruption on ESPN or yeah, something yeah. and we were we were going to be more than a hat rack and we we're going to wear hats during this and we did it once in the production was like we had a we have a video production in individual on our team who's phenomenal and she she did a great job with it and we looked at it and we watched it and we we're like this is ridiculously terrible like the production quality was phenomenal the content was horrendous and it was like we're like this is going to make it and it was like like that's why you need a grown-up in the room to help you be like like Great idea, Matt. But I think we're going to go this way. Uh, like yeah. we just need some grownups in the room. I love that y'all did. They did a phenomenal job on the logo. You know, it's memorable, right? I know Mobile Assistant by the elephant, and I think that the mission accomplished on that side. And, and Star Wars, I love that side of it. But Thank you. before I let you go, the last question I ask is: You know, we talked about a ton here, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing this insight. But what's that one piece of actionable advice that you hope? advisors or team members listening to this podcast take away? What's something that they can take away from this conversation or maybe something we didn't talk about that they can put into action tomorrow and be better either in their business, their life or whatever it may be?
0: Well, You know, without hopefully this doesn't sound too cheesy, but, you know, one of the impacts that I played tennis in college and I remember my freshman year, I was really struggling. My coach at the time, uh, Chuck Mersbacher, is his name. He's down at Chattanooga now with their tennis team. But but he put a little note in my mailbox. Um, If you remember those mailboxes that were like all metal, the little, the little, you know, four by four inch little doors that you'd open up. But anyway, he put, he'd put a a note in there with just the quote that said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's a courage to continue that counts. And so what I took away from that was no matter what kind of struggles you have, it's that perseverance. It's like taking the next step. It's making the mistake and then moving on from it and getting better. That's the way I've tried to live my life. That's the way I've tried to build this company. And I'd say that's something that I try to share with advisors when I can, is that something like that, that when I was 18 years old, stuck with me for, my, for life. And, and I think it still, it still resonates today. That's a Winston Churchill quote. And so that would be the one thing I would, I would recommend very highly to advisors. Just keep that in mind. Like there's gonna be failures it's not the end of the world. There's going to be successes. That's not, that's not the end all be all either. There's going to be new challenges and just, just try to, you know, just keep going, continue.
1: Incredible. I I think that keeping that somewhere where you can see it every day will make you a better advisor, better leader, better spouse, better person, better, whatever it may be. So I, I love that Corey, man. That's awesome, dude. This has been great. We could probably talk for hours. I, I think your journey is incredible. I think the product is awesome. And I know that other people are going to want to stay in touch and continue to follow your journey. So what's the best way for people to continue to follow you, stay in touch, get in touch, whatever it may be?
0: Yeah. uh, You know, please uh, look me up on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find Corey Westfall and and Mobile Assistant. Follow us on Twitter. I have uh, my own personal Twitter handle as well as CEO um, and not just Mobile Assistant now, which is great. And so please, LinkedIn and Twitter are great ways to get in touch with me. And if you do want to contact me directly, it's also Corey C-O-R-E-Y at mobileassistant.us. I'm happy to to answer any emails.
1: Awesome. Corey Westfall, thanks, man. I'm so inspired by what you're all doing and can't wait to continue to see how you you change the industry and note-taking and everything of that nature. So thanks for taking time with us here on Bridging the Gap. Hey, thanks, Matt, for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Bridging the Gap. Don't forget to give us a rating and let us know what you think.